Welcome to the Thanks Therapy Podcast. Before we start, if you're in crisis or need urgent support, please Google the Samaritans and the country in which you live. Help can be found online and via the phone. We also put local and national helpline numbers and links in the show notes and on social media. Don't suffer alone. Things can and will get better. Enjoy the show. Thanks Therapy! Thanks Therapy! Hi, Hannah. Hi, Emma. This is a bit of a different one. This is okay. (laughs) Um, We are going to do a little bonus episode. Yeah. And how this has come about is basically that we broke a cardinal rule of podcasting. Did we? Yes. So at the, towards the start of the last episode, we said that we had unexplained stories to tell yeah. and that we were going to share them at the end of the episode and then we did not follow through I forgot on that. about that. I forgot. We totally forgot. We were I didn't realise that was a cardinal rule. Well, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't promise your listener something and then not deliver, for sure, I think. That was an exciting cliffhanger. Um, if it's not a cardinal rule, it should be a cardinal rule and I just felt like our listeners are so excellent. They deserve the very best of things. I agree. And to hear our unexplained weird stories. And this is in place of a proper episode because I had exams this week. Yes. And they had to take precedence. But you can have a little mini spooky time episode. And it's also an extra Halloween episode because we're hoping we'll be able to get it out still within the Halloween time of our lives. Season. Yeah. Spooky time. Um, So... We're not doing our usual introduction that we normally do, just our theme tune. We're not making any promises either because this isn't going to really be about therapy. Yeah, that's true actually. This is, ooh yeah, this is not really about therapy guys, but it should be interesting anyway. Um, What I did want to say was I just wanted to give a little update while we had people Mm -hmm. listening um, to say that we do have some things in the pipeline. our website should be up this week sometime. Yes. And that will mean that you can access the episode transcripts. So if you had a hearing impaired friend, for example, and you'd been listening to this podcast and you were like, oh, you would love this, mm-hmm. the transcripts will be available for them. Or if you can't understand our accents. That's another good point. Or if we yes. say things that you would like to later Google. Mm-hmm. But I doubt that. Yeah. Um, I am going to create a short blog post for some of the topics that we discuss as well, but that is in the pipeline because I don't have any more hours in the day currently, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, But the transcripts will be on their way. Uh, We also have a YouTube channel now, which is essentially just another way that our podcasts are going to be able to be listened to because Mm -hmm. apparently people do that they listen to podcasts on youtube yeah i didn't Um, know that it also means that google can find you easily because youtube's a big you know channel and um it also means that you can listen and have subtitles at the same time so if you wanted to listen and see our words come up Mm -hmm. as some people do um you can do that on youtube have you ever seen those memes about like when (laughs) 
when a mum gives you a birthday present and mm-hmm. the dad, your dad is just as excited to see what you've got. That's mm-hmm. how I feel when you tell me about stuff. Because you're like, we have a website and a YouTube channel. And I'm like, yes, we have. And I have been involved in those because Emma is the um, workhorse driving force of this podcast. And I just go, I've written this thing. Can you put it in? And Emma makes everything happen. Well, you're busy with other things and I'm I'm used to multitasking. Uh, some other things in my life are being neglected, to be fair. Or right. the podcast. <laughs> I was aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but, I'm not neglecting anything as far as I'm aware. No, but you have a new, you know, <sighs> important course that you need to do and that's fine. And I mean, I hope I am keeping you informed by what's happening. You, you definitely We now are. have a YouTube channel. Yes, no, you definitely are. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yes, those things are in the pipeline and look out for them. Um, we also are trying to scheme some way of using some promotional items such as merch like stickers and things like that Mm -hmm. we're trying to work out a way how our listeners can help us promote the podcast with stickers we haven't quite worked out how that would be in practice but we do have some really cool stickers yeah they're really nice we've had it too good for too long so we might stick it up around the place oh (laughs) title of your sex tape um what <laughs> Sorry, can don't we, talk about sex on this podcast. I think we might have to do a sex episode, though. We were talking oh about God. topics earlier. We were having a little bit of a business meeting, and we were discussing potential topics that we could have as podcast episodes. And sexuality came up, didn't it? Yeah, but what if so my my co- work colleagues listen to that? Actually, that won't be anything new to them if no. they hear me talk about sex on a podcast. Anyway. Will we tell our spooky stories? Yeah. You, you go first because I think you have two. I do have two, but that's only because neither of them are particularly good. Okay. <laughs> so these are unexplained stories. So I didn't know we had to bring ghost stories necessarily. So this well, is my, okay. this is one of my unexplained stories from my youth, from okay. my past. Okay. I'm excited. The level of preparation I have done for this episode is I wrote it out on my phone. So when I was 14... Okay, and I was hanging out at your mum's house, actually, mm-hmm. in Flush. Yeah. Flush is the name of a group of streets in um, Belfast. Um, and me, there was me and two other friends. So me and one of my friends, Simon, decided to walk to the nearby shops on the Rosetta Road. Mm-hmm. Um, and... One of the other friends stayed behind in the house. So we walked to the shops and then we were going to walk back with whatever, you know, sweets or whatever we bought. So we walked around to the shops and as we were walking back, there were some kids riding their bikes on the road. And I shouted at one of the kids, get off the road, you'll be killed. Right. So we carried on walking and we turned off the main road and we were sort of halfway down the side street when I suddenly turned and started sprinting back up towards the main road. And so my friend turned like, what? And started to run after me and then heard the screech of tires and a car hitting the little boy <gasps> on the bike. Shit! So we ran up to him. I got to him first, obviously, because I had started running before. And um, But then I didn't actually do anything because I'm one of those people who seems like they're really good in a crisis but actually is not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but anyway. Well, I'm not that good in a medical crisis. Okay, like, well, you're not a 
paramedic. Yeah. So, you know, when you see in films, like, people, like, rush and, like, fall to their knees beside the, yeah. the person. I've been at a couple of accidents, and I kind of stand, like, going, not knowing what to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, going, yeah, that seems stressful. Are you okay? There was one girl, <laughs> one woman was hit by a car on her bike, and I was the first person to stop. And I ran up to her and went, you're okay? Oh. I mean, she wasn't. She had to have her spleen removed. But, oh, my God. You know, like, that was my reaction. They're like, reassure her. You're okay. She had blood coming from her mouth and everything. It was terrible. Oh. So anyway, so this little boy had been hit by a car, mm-hmm. um, as I had thought might happen, because he was wheeling around the road like a maniac. And he was probably about um, eight or nine. So we were 14. And he had hit the front of his head, hit his forehead. Oh. But, and he was really upset obviously and then adults quickly arrived thankfully because we were 14 and rubbish I think actually my friend was like down holding his head and stuff like that the ambulance got there quickly and things like that and I think ultimately he was okay so we were then you know they basically said right you children go on off now and we turned around to walk back to your mum's you know, quite shaken up. I was very melodramatic at the time. Yes. So I was trying to make it all about me, like, oh, I'm shaken up. <laughs> um, and he turned to me and he said, you turned and ran before that accident happened. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I did. I don't know why I did that. And he said, you know, when I turned around and started running after you, then I heard the screech of the brakes and the and the car hit the little boy, you knew that was going to happen before it actually happened. And I sort of thought, yeah, I I agree with that. I think that is what happened, but I couldn't really explain it. Um, and I started to get this reputation then of being a little bit psychic. Well, yeah, that's what my conclusion from the story <laughs> was going to be. So you are, you have the gift. Yes, I do. I have the sight. She sees. Um so I kind of didn't know. He maintained that it definitely happened before the screech and the crash and after I turned and started running. Um, so I do have an explanation for this now, uh, but I wanted to maybe leave it or do you want me to give my explanation for it now? Can I guess your explanation? Yes, I, th- I don't think you'll have a hard time guessing my explanation. Is it unconscious hearing where cars are around you even though you don't realise you're noticing it? That kind of thing, you know, like... As humans, we're, we've we're got conscious on a level, yeah. knowledge, and then we also have things that we don't understand. We're noticing. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, my explanation for it is essentially my explanation for intuition in general, in yeah. that we underestimate how strong human intuition is, and we subscribe a supernatural level to it. When actually, we're just really, really good. We're very intuitive. Yeah. Um. There's. A study with firefighters mm-hmm. who um, will regularly um, sort of intuit that a fire is going to behave in a certain way. Wow. Like pull their colleagues out of the way just before an explosion comes ripping through the building or something. Mm. And it's because of experience, loads and loads of experience over time. Yeah. Gives them a level of prediction and intuition about the way that fires behave. Well, that's 
good and everything and it sounds plausible, but it's less fun it is than less me fun. just saying you're a witch and you have the gift. Mm. Well, I did sort of buy into that for a little while in my youth. I sort of thought, I think I might see things before they happen. There was another incident involving the soap opera Neighbours. Yeah. <laughs> um, where I told them a thing that was going to happen and they insisted that it had not been on television before. Yeah. And I think I had seen a trailer, but... Yeah, those ones are harder to kind of quantify because, like, TV is, you know, yeah. you can't really, like, say, oh, I knew that was going to happen because things have already been recorded. I think... I know it's different back then, but... I am the type of person and that I'm very future-focused. I'm always thinking about the things that are going to happen, the problems that are going to arise before they arise. Fun. We talk about this, me and Marty, regularly because we're very opposite in that way. So we were walking the dogs the other day and we were coming up to a bridge. And as you know, Harvey, that's Hannah's dog. That's my dog. um, Doesn't like bridges. So as we were coming up to the bridge, I said, maybe you want to put the lead on Harvey because he doesn't (laughs) like bridges. And also he's not intelligent in any way. (laughs) And Marty was like, "Mm, let's just see what happens. And I said, that's the difference between the two of us. You say, I'm already thinking of the problem and the solution. Yeah. And actually it was fine. Really? I was about to say, and did he freak out? Yes, he did. No, he was a bit hesitant, but actually he was all right in the end. He's got problems with flooring. He doesn't like weird, different flooring because of his big, long, lanky legs, I think. (laughs) But anyway, what I think is that I had seen those kids... He was he was weaving on the road on his bike, which and the bike was a little bit too big for him. Mm. It was dangerous. Yeah, and the reason I shouted at him because I don't just shout at children in the street randomly was because I genuinely thought there was a potential for an accident there. And you were right. Yes, I think it's the turning and running without really knowing why you're doing it. That from to an observer like your friend is like, oh my god, she's gone Superman. Mm -hmm. She's foreseeing things that are happening so that I I choose to believe that you're you have telepathy parse you used to I choose to believe oh you choose to believe right yeah. okay I still believe still believe <laughs> do you want to hear mine yes. mine is a straight up so well I have a theory but like basically it's a straight up ghost story so okay. when we were talking last week and we were talking about like unexplained stories this is the one that came to mind I'm so excited it's my main one and I've never really told anybody this <gasps> I've never told one other person Okay, go. Because I'm aware that it sounds uh, a bit woo. So this took place late 2013, Mm -hmm. early 2014. And I don't know if you remember, it's probably seared into your mind that at the time I had an eye disease called canthamoeba keratitis. Oh, yes. So my life was the pits. Um, You have to explain what that is. So it's a disgusting parasitic eye disease that I got when I lived in London. Um... And for any contact lens wearers listening, do not sleep in your contact lenses or put them in tap water because that's where this parasite lives. Anyway, um, so I was living in London at the time. I was coming, I was maybe in the second or third year of my degree. So I studied in Queen Mary University of London and the main Mile End campus is, it has in the middle of it a graveyard, mm-hmm. um, which is like a you know, a heritage listed site and it can't be touched anymore. Mm. Like only the only thing that can happen to it is like restorative work. So I think recently they've, you know, restored the kind of borders of it and stuff. So this is like, you've got your library building, all the arts buildings, 
Um, so people walk around it all the time and it's like a fixture of this, of the campus. Um, and it is a graveyard for people from the Sephardic Jewish community. Oh, right. And the graves are laid flat. So it's not like gravestones standing vertical. It's just... Oh, yes. Um, I know what you they're, mean. They're horizontal on the ground and they all look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is because it's meant to be like you are all meant to be equal in death. Mm. which I think is quite nice that you know the way if you go to graveyards and you see big ornate statues and stuff there's none of that so this is like a normal part of life if you study there you walk past this all the time um people can come in and visit it but like as you I studied there for three years and eventually you're just like there's a graveyard there Mm -hmm. that's not a big deal so this is late 2013 Mm -hmm. I'm very sad (laughs) in my life because I have this eye disease I'm also like, you know, early 20s, a bit lost generally. And I was walking from one one campus building to another. I think I was going to the library because I was like, I have so much work to do. This is so grim. It was like pouring and raining. I didn't have an umbrella. My eyes were really painful and sore. Um, Like I was not, not loving anything. And I was walking along and suddenly like there was not really anyone around. It was kind of like late evening. And I suddenly became aware of as well as my footsteps, I could, I was sensing someone beside me walking as if someone was like walking up behind me to join me because of the sound of footsteps as well on the wet ground, I could hear them. Mm -hmm. So I was a bit like, oh, who's coming? Nobody arrived. Then I felt in the middle of my back between my shoulder blades, like a feeling of a hand Mm -hmm. sort of gently pressing me. And I knew that there was nobody there, Mm -hmm. but I did deliberately didn't look. Because I was mm. like, I sort of just know that that's not a real person. And I knew it was a young man and I knew it was friendly. Oh. And I don't know how I knew any of those things. So I didn't look and I kind of just thought in my own head like, oh, thanks. And then it went away. And by that time I had finished walking past the main sort of body of the graveyard and was going to like my building. I was crossing the little path to my building and got into the library building and was like, hmm, that was that ha- that happened there. Wow! And I think it was like a friendly Jewish ghost Aww. saying, "Hey, you look super sad in the rain with no umbrella and your big sore eyes. Mm. Would you like a little friendly hand on your back?" That's my ghost story. I didn't know that that happened. Isn't that nice? Yeah, that's it, a lovely it was one. Not scary, but I still mm. do think about it sometimes and be like, "Should I, should I have been scared?" But it didn't yeah. feel scary. It felt nice. I think that people say when they have experiences like that, that, you know, they either feel scared or they don't feel scared. Like family members of mine that have had like a kind of a half dream, half visitation of a of a dead relative have felt comforted, not not scared. So that's nice. That's quite a nice nice? ghost story. Especially. But it it, it was spooky. Um, But I have theory. Right, okay. Uh, and uh, this will shock you, but I have done some reading on Young. We were supposed uh, to not prepare for this episode. I know, but I got excited and I Googled stuff. Okay. And then, so what I typed into Google was Carl Young ghosts, question mark. <laughs> and I got a lot of stuff up. So I arrived at Emma's house where we record and demanded that she print me out a JSTOR article. She said, is, print it, but don't look at I it. I said, print I this, like, but okay. don't read it. Which is actually quite hard. So thank you. I was being quite high maintenance earlier. Um, 
And what I found was loads of interesting stuff about Carl Jung and his approach and experiences to and with the paranormal. Okay. Or the supernatural or whatever you want to call it. Um, So basically he had a bunch of ghost experiences. Oh. And he kind of writes about them. Um, But of course, because it's young, he's like, you know, doesn't just be like, I believe in ghosts. Ghosts are real. There's all this other interesting stuff to find out about. So I'm really massively paraphrasing. But basically, um, Jung writes about this idea of the phenomenon of solitude. Okay. Which is um, like a compensatory hallucination common with hermits. Okay. Maybe we wouldn't call them hermits nowadays, but people who are isolated, maybe in lo- in moments of loneliness or sorrow uh-huh. or isolation or deep contemplation, uh-huh. which I think all of which I was in when I was walking through uh-huh. my campus. Um, Young wrote that the premonition of visions very often have some correspondence in external reality. And what I'm interpreting from this and applying to actually both of our stories mm-hmm. is that um, we were operating on, a, on another level aside from our conscious. Mm-hmm. And those things, those operations or thoughts that we didn't even know we were having manifested in our outside world yeah so maybe I needed so badly some comfort at that time that mm-hmm. I imagined manifest I manifested yeah. it yeah and you did the same mm-hmm. um isn't that interesting I think it's very interesting and I can really get behind it actually um because I do think that there's a lot that we don't understand still yeah. and I don't think that it necessarily you know, I think we always think that one plus one equals two. And I, although I don't buy into every single thing that Jung talks about, the unconscious and the collective unconscious and the archetypal unconscious, I don't buy She's doing eyebrows at me. <laughs> I don't buy into every single thing. But I think that that's plausible that, that you know, you know, in solitude, we are manifesting what we need. I think there's there's a lot of documented cases of people who are isolated in some way, um, hearing voices or conducting conversations. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about Viktor Frankl conducting very comforting entire conversations yeah. with his wife. Yep. Um, and that you could say, well, they're just imagined. That's your imagination. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean there's not value to them. No, and it also doesn't mean that they're not real. Real. It depends on how you define real. Will you indulge me with one last young quote? Oh, 100% always. This is just to sum up my vague speculating that I'm doing here. He says, Our unconscious, which possesses very much more subtle powers of perception and reconstruction than our conscious minds, could do the same thing and project a visionary picture of the psychic situation that excited it. Mm. The other thing about the difference between the conscious and the unconscious is the conscious is bound by so many more constrictions, you know, rules and and even um, neuroses and history and past and and norms and ways of behaving and ways you think you can think. And your unconscious is kind of a bit more wild. It's a bit more like, you know. Yeah. Do what I want. Do what I want. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is so interesting. Um, I was thinking, I haven't thought about your eye amoeba for so long, but... Yeah, you have to think about it. It was horrific at the time. It um, was so shit. It lasted like a year. I had to go to the eye hospital like every week. 
Yeah. They did so much poking of my eyes. Sorry. The other thing was, is that, um, so the only thing that kills this amoeba is a chemical that they use to um, (laughs) chlorinate pools or sterilize pools. Yeah, I had to put in like fucking three different types of eye drop on the R, every R. Mm -hmm. Including when she was asleep at the start because they really needed to kill that thing because it makes you go blind. It makes you go blind. If you don't treat it properly, most people lose their eyes. And I got so lucky that I did not lose my eyes. Mm. Well, the the host, luckily... It's bad luck and good luck in that you were in the place where people get it because it's in the water in London. Yeah. But you were also therefore at the hospital that the world you leading had tr- eye hospital. Yeah, the world leading eye hospital. Yeah, which is amazing. And how they got that chemical was they phoned up the the chemical plant and said we need to buy a lot of this chemical <laughs> to put in people's eyes, and they said, oh no 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 no. <laughs> It's for it's for swimming pools. It's not for eyes. So they hung up and then phoned back and said, "We need to buy a lot of uh, swimming pool chemical." And they were like, "Yeah, no problem." Cool. Oh, you, sent you want it sent in eye drop bottles with droppers? <laughs> yes, we can do that. Is it a tiny swimming pool? Yes. Um, it's for fairies. Yeah, it turned the whites of my eyes orange, but yeah. it did kill the problem. So mm. you know. Make of that what you will, listeners. Sorry about the graphic eye content there. That was disgusting, but it was necessary for the story to convey the depth of my misery Mm. and my eye-related issues at the time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, My other story, because both neither of mine were as good as that story, my other story is sort of a ghost story. Yeah. But it's from when I was very young. So when I was a child, I could remember it better than I can now okay. but basically um when I was about three I think maybe and I have a very good memory of my early childhood I'm one of those people that was like oh yeah, I remember that people. thing and mom was like you were two how do you remember yeah anyway so I was about three and um at the time my mom worked in the Corrymeela building in Belfast as a secretary and she took me to a meeting one night and I have a very vivid memory of hanging out upstairs with these three lovely ladies, cleaning ladies, who were really nice to me and thought I was so adorable and I spent a whole lot of time with them and Mm -hmm. had a great time and everything. And then um, maybe a year or two later or maybe a bit longer than that, maybe like maybe when I was eight or something, we we were at that building again and I said to my mom, do you remember those ladies? Do you remember those ladies, mom, who were there? And they were the cleaning ladies and they were so nice to me. And she said, you couldn't have met those ladies. You, didn't, you couldn't have met those. They're dead now. And you, they, they left before you were born. And how could, you could never have met those ladies. And I was like, girl, what? what? Did I meet ghosts in the building? You met ghosts. <laughs> nice ghosts. They were so, so nice. I just, I still remember how warm they were to me because I was adorable. Like as a little blonde, very eloquent three-year-old. So That is a ghost story. You well, told me a ghost story. my explanation is that my mom was wrong and that she misremembers, and that actually I did meet those ladies. The thing was, is that when she she got me to describe them, and I was able to describe them in detail in their 70s overalls and everything that they were wearing, mm-hmm. 
And that's how she was able to pinpoint it was these particular ladies who worked in the building. But she was convinced that they had left the post and at least one of them had subsequently died by the time I was telling the story in the mid-80s. There hasn't been a janitor around here in 25 25 years. years. (laughs) Yeah. That's ghosts. (laughs) Ghosts. That's straight up ghosts. And they, and you know, they say the children see through the veil. No. But yeah, I mean, boring, rational explanation. I think she was probably misremembering. She was probably wrong. But more fun and quite nice explanation. Ghosts looked after you. Mm. Um, one other explanation is that my mother took me to a meeting because she had no babysitters <laughs> and let me roam in an ancient <laughs> building, yeah. unconcerned as to where her three-year-old was playing in the building. Well, you know. Hoping it was that a some time. friendly ghosts were looking after me up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> or not, you know, like, so I, it's either a story for therapy where I talk about how I was kind of neglected as a child or, you know, I snuck off and met ghosts. Both would be valuable to bring up in therapy. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things is that, like, usually in those stories, you remember people that would give you, like, a Kit Kat out of a drawer or, you know, some try to give you some kind of treat. Yeah. Like, if I ever got lost in the supermarket, which also happened frequently, mm. and the, the cashiers who were behind the, like, customer service desk would like put makeup on me and give me (laughs) give me chocolate (laughs) and there would be an announcement over the tannoy you know uh could emma loudon's mommy please come (laughs) to the customer service desk she's here and mom would arrive and i'd be like hi i've got lipstick now and i've eaten a chocolate bar (laughs) but why was she losing me all the time they lost me on the beach as well hannah yeah. It was the 13 year gap of having a baby. Yeah, you were the they youngest. They just forgot so. how to take care of very small children. They were just super chill by that stage and yeah. probably really tired. They were too laid back and yeah. tired and they just thought, God, they, they ultimately they look after themselves. It'll be fine. <laughs> or ghosts just, come along and yeah. raise them. <laughs> Hopefully, some friendly ghost ladies will come in. I love that. I can imagine them in their little pennies or whatever I actually can I can still visualize it I still have the image in my head of those wee ladies fussing over me aren't you adorable but they didn't give you anything they didn't give you a chocolate bar no because ghosts don't they can't hold things yeah (laughs) yeah it falls through their hand (laughs) yeah um so I don't know what the explanation is but ghosts are real Okay, well, that's the conclusion, folks. So you write heard it, it here first. And let us know whether or not you think ghosts are real. Um, and if you're going to be boring about it, I don't want to hear it. Well, if you want to add your unexplained weird stories to your potential um, things that you want to write into us, go ahead. That's we, super fun. We would be interested in that and and find it interesting. I will probably try to explain it in a scientific way. And Hannah will roll her eyes at me and just enjoy the mystery. I'm just going to keep bringing in Carl Jung quotes. I mean, that seems to be my thing now. No, that's great. I, I love you bringing Jung into the building. Like this printout that I have here just is called A Haunted House. Yeah, that's cool. I'll have to give that a read. It's not that good, actually. Um, So I don't know how to finish this now, really. We normally have a format, but I literally did no preparation for today. Sorry, this wasn't about therapy. 
Um, I mean, we, we did re- mention therapy. We and will return to talking about therapy in our normal episodes. Yes, we will. Uh, we'll just go away and plan those now. Yeah, we'll okay. write them really fast. Okay, bye. Thanks, Emma. Bye. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, ghosts. Our unconscious, which possesses... <laughs> if we could fucking learn to speak...